Great British Manufacturing Podcast, brought to you by MTD, MFG and Jefferson. Hello and welcome to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. On this week's podcast, we will introduce a very special guest who is Ken Scott of Teva Trucks. But before that, we will be discussing a number of positive UK manufacturing stories. Stuart, let's jump straight in, Alec. Yes, the German-owned firm has opened two new facilities at its site in Northampton, and this follows a £15 million investment programme. Um, the Vehicle Development Centre will support the testing and verification of next-generation electric and hydrogen fuel vehicles, and the battery testing facility has the capability to test battery packs with full fire protection in the event of a thermal runaway. Okay, and the next one, Sia. Uh, We've talked about Sia before, haven't we? But the broken uh, broken ground on their new factory here in the UK as well. Yeah, huge investment. The construction of the South Korean firm's new £400 million monopile manufacturing plant, which is the largest facility of its type in the world, is underway at T's work on Teesside, capable of producing 150 monopiles per year for the offshore wind industry. Um, the 1 million plus square foot factory is expected to create 750 direct jobs plus a further 1,500 across the supply chain. 1 million square feet. That'll take, take some walking. <laughs> yeah. uh, the next one, Lunas. Um, just tell us about this company. There's a, there's a major recruitment drive coming. Yeah, so the British firm, they've more than tripled its manufacturing footprint and they're creating 300 new jobs at its Silverstone campus to meet the increasing global demand for upcycled electric vehicles. The company, um, and people don't know, re-engineers passenger industrial and commercial vehicles to run on an electric powertrain will now have the capacity to produce more than 1,000 units each year at the expanded site. Sure. And this next one, it's getting a lot of, um, just, I must say, I do see this one in mainstream media, which, which is quite rare. But uh, Rolls-Royce SMR programme, it's taken a major step forward. Yeah, Rolls-Royce, they're set to create hundreds of jobs at a new £200 million manufacturing plant in the UK. And this is the first of three factories planned by the Small Modular Reactor Consortium. Eight potential sites have been shortlisted for the first production facility. Um, Newton Aycliffe, Deeside, Richmond, Sunderland, Salingborough. Grimsby, Ferrybridge and Carlisle um, and as we've touched on before the SMR programme is expected to ultimately create 40,000 British jobs. Um, they've already secured more than £400 million in funding and the great thing is 80% plus of the reactors components will be built in the UK. Okay Stuart let's take a brief pause from this week's UK manufacturing news there's plenty more to come up after the interview but at this stage I'd like to introduce Ken Stott who is the chief engineer at Tava Trucks. Ken, thanks for joining us. Uh, good morning. Yeah, uh, thank you for uh, for interviewing me. Uh, you're more than welcome. But just to start with, before we learn about the company, uh, we'd just like a little overview of, about yourself, really. What's your background and what's your current role? Sure. Um, well, I, I studied mechanical engineering at uh, a college in, in Dundee um, a long time ago, it seems now. Um, my first... Uh, job after graduating was uh, at Land Rover, uh, where I was a, a design engineer. Um, and uh, I also was in the original Discovery project team, um, which was an interesting experience in terms of understanding all the functions in a business. Um, I also went in after that into a role in manufacturing and then into what was called pilot hall, which 
it was a great experience as an engineer because it was the high pressure environment of where a, a new product is introduced onto the production line and you're trying to find uh, solutions to all the last minute problems and all of that sort of thing. Um, from there, I moved to Rolls-Royce and Bentley motor cars. Uh, I spent 20 years there, um, 15 of which um, were obviously with, with Bentley when the, the split between VW and, and, and BMW happened. Um, and, uh, you know, I had a number of roles uh, in my time over these 20 years. I was a project manager for a number of bespoke vehicles for ultra-rich individuals around the world through the, the Mulliner business unit. I was a technical lead for what became the Bentley Continental GT. I actually spent three years in the Volkswagen headquarters in, in Wolfsburg. Um, and then I returned to Bentley and I was the, the head of the, the, Bent, the Bentley Continental Flying Spur. Um, I then became head of all the, the product management at Bentley for a, a few years. Uh, that included all the product strategy and, and project delivery. And then I, I uh, after that, wanted to get back into a pure engineering role, became the director of all vehicle engineering. And that was responsible for prototype build, homologation, NVH, aerodynamics, all the testing around the world, bill of material management, and ultimately culminating in, in having the, the engineering sign off of, of products before they were launched to customers. Um, I moved from there to Alexander Dennis, who, um, a well-known um, bus and coach manufacturer in the UK. I was the group engineering director and responsible for a number of new single and double deck buses in the UK, Europe, North America, Far East. And this included hybrids, EVs and, and hydrogen technology. And from there, uh, since uh, March in 2021, I've become chief engineer at Teva. Um, this was a startup business and is now what I would more describe as a scale-up business uh, that's introducing technology that matters and makes a difference to humanity. Our vision is to be global innovators in the transportation of everything to everyone. And step one is the zero emission trucks um, through our full battery electric plus dual fuel hydrogen electric solutions that we're introducing to the market over the next uh, uh, few months. So my responsibilities mainly are, are, first of all, as one of the business leadership team to create, lead, direct Team Teva, and also to create and scale up the engineering team in terms of people, processes, ways of working and product delivery of cutting edge technology and solutions. Well, it sounds a very busy, interesting career. So thanks for that. But now possibly you can tell us about uh, about the company, Teva. Obviously a bit about the history. I know it's a young company, but a bit about the history, the products, the technologies and UK manufacturing capacity, things like that. Yeah, sure. Um, so our founder um, is Asher Bennett. Um, Asher has an interesting um, history, if you like, and background. He was a submariner um, and it was during his time as a submariner that he thought about the technology uh, on submarines in terms of the the range extension and the battery power etc and thought that there's got to be an application for this beyond uh, being under the water and that the commercial vehicles in particular um, would have an opportunity to apply similar technology um, and it is you know as an entrepreneur uh, it's been a, 
a, a, you know, a rocky road and a, a, you know, a long journey to, to get to where we are today. Um, but during that, that, that journey, you know, we have successfully introduced um, vehicles to UPS right now. They're in operation um, and they allowed us to understand customer operations, to understand how to design and build batteries, to do battery management systems, etc., um, and apply them to, to vehicles that um, are still in daily use today and have, have achieved over 400,000 kilometers. Um, but, but of course, the, the story didn't want to end there. These were based on a, a range extension of a diesel engine, and we decided fairly early on, in, you know, about a few years ago, that we would never do another diesel engine product again. Um, if we're going to be true to our values, etc., um, we needed to properly do it around um, full zero emissions technology. Um, Asher is a, an entrepreneur, as I said, and, and we are a, we were a startup business, but he recognised fairly early on that, that that he needed to pull in the necessary skills uh, to combine the good things about a startup, things like agility, um, with also experienced individuals who can bring the appropriate processes and approaches from the best of automotive. And right now we have people from JLR. McLaren, Aston Martin, Bentley, Alexander Dennis, LEVC, Lotus, VW, Nissan, Geely, Ford, and I'm sure there's many more that I've, I've missed off the list. And I always look back at this and think, when I look at all this and look at everybody who's in the business now, there's not many problems that we're uncovering that someone before hasn't got the battle scars from and therefore can tell us how to uh, to do things better in it and solve the problem. Um, we're concentrating on, um, right now, a range of products to introduce that are 7.5 tonne, 12 tonne, and 19 tonne. The 7.5 tonne is in pure zero emissions form um, and the hydrogen dual fuel form. Um, and that, that dual fuel technology is what the, the, we will also apply to the 12 and 19 tonnes. Our goal is to decarbonize the transport industry. It, it's a sector that must hydrogen um, and we're we're taking a, a dual and diversified approach not not backing one horse in the new energy race we're a pioneer an innovator and we're leading the way in, in an HGV uh, manufacturing space we are manufacturing our, our um, establishing sorry our, our manufacturing capability in Tilbury to be about 3,000 vehicles per annum uh, on two shifts and we're looking to replicate that uh, in Europe and North America in the coming years. Um, and so we're, we're basically scaling up to rapidly to become a, a global manufacturer of zero emission trucks. One last thing I'd add to, to, to the, our, you know, what we're all about, I, I have to emphasize the values that we have as a business. We, we have an acronym that they go together to, to make, which is also very relevant. It's I create. Um, the I for inspire, so leading the way, courage for uh, having a go, uh, not daring to try, reliability, which is absolutely key for everyone in the business, but also our products to be able to do what they say they're going to do and uh, day after day, to enjoy, 
at the end of the day, we're, we have to enjoy what we're doing um, uh, to, to, to come back the following day. To have authenticity in terms of, um, you know, keeping it real, um, saying things that are real, not, 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 not uh, uh, you know, a PR machine, shall we say. Um, having tenacity to, to keep going uh, in, in, you know, whenever it's uh, getting tough, we keep uh, just having a go and keep going until we get there. And finally, empathy, which, which I think is probably one of the most important values that we have because empathy comes in the form of caring for everybody in our um, environment at work, but also for caring about the environment that our products are going into and for ultimately the impact that that will have on, uh, on humans around our product. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great business, as I say, a scale up and, uh, yeah, the, the best is yet to come as we launch our, our product. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it sounds, it sounds an exciting business to uh, be part of and I understand why, why you'd want to join a company like that. Um, my, my, my last question for a minute, obviously the launch of the hydrogen uh, truck you've just touched on, uh, you, you've touched on the project a little bit, but can you just tell us the size of the opportunity, like the size of the markets and, and the production plans here in the UK? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll give you a little bit of a background as to, uh, first of all, the product itself um, and the design of it. And then, then yeah, sure, into the market, etc. So, so the base of the product is the seven and a half ton battery electric vehicle that, that we'll be delivering to customers later this year. Uh, um, that is 110 kilowatt hours battery, uh, which includes... Um, 30 kilowatts uh, of battery underneath the cab. We're replacing that with a fuel cell um, and we have got hydrogen cylinders uh, to feed the fuel cell uh, located just behind the cab. Uh, the point of the hydrogen fuel cell system uh, is to generate electricity, which we then use to charge the remaining batteries on the truck. So compared to a battery electric vehicle, the rest of the propulsion system is the same. The battery powers a motor, which through a gearbox turns a prop shaft to an axle, which turns the wheels. So our, in addition to that, our software enables customers to go further and become better informed about their fleets, allow, allowing them to make more informed decisions. In terms of the market size, we see around 80% of our volumes being hydrogen electric across the seven and a half to, to 19 ton derivatives. But who knows? To be honest, it's uncharted and exciting territory. The only thing that's guaranteed is that any predictions will be wrong. We're working closely with 15 development partners across the UK and Europe to fully understand their needs, their route profiles, and fleet operation requirements to then allow us to fit our product to their needs. We have a strong customer order book right now, and all the deals are, of course, subject to trials. We've had further interest to grow uh, on the back of, of the hydrogen electric launch a couple of weeks ago at the RTX show in Warwickshire. I think it's important to note that Tevis trucks are, are limited to one sector, but the range over that sector has many uses, including waste, recycling, vehicle recovery, logistics, urban food, and goods deliveries in, in, in many industries. Morning, Ken. Um, it's sure fascinating to hear about your background and um, the, like you say, the 
short um, but illustrious history of Tether. Um, why hydrogen? You know, we're talking about the technology. Why hydrogen electric? You know, what are the features? What are the advantages? And what will you know you envisage the typical customers to look like? Yeah, sure. Um, so our challenge in Tether is to come up with what I call the intelligent mix to find a solution for range, payload, product cost, and therefore customer price, and running costs for the customer. It's not even a three-dimensional puzzle, it's multi-dimensional. Uh, um, but that's what we're here for. That's what, that's what I get out of bed in the morning for, is for solving these sort of complex problems. And, you know, it's, it's part of the excitement. So as I explained, um, we have 80 kilowatt hours of, ener of battery energy in our hydrogen electric vehicle. Each hydrogen cylinder carries four and a half kilograms of hydrogen, which actually equates to approximately also 80 kilowatt hours of energy. So we have three cylinders on our show vehicles that we showed recently, um, but we're probably going to introduce um, production vehicles with only two, but that's got to be proven through through testing for, that we've got coming up. But through using hydrogen as the second of the dual energies, we have over half a ton per app. We save over half a ton per application of a cylinder by sourcing the additional energy from hydrogen instead of pure battery. I'll give you another way of looking at this, and it, and it maybe helps to sort of put it in context. Um, if we took, um, if, by looking at the seven and a half ton BEV, if we use batteries instead of hydrogen to get the equivalent range from our three cylinder setup, we'd probably be able to accommodate not much more than an envelope as the payload because of the extra weight of the batteries. But using hydrogen as a dual source mean, allows the payload to be about two tons on a seven and a half ton GBW vehicle and more than doubles the range to 250 miles in real world usage with a capability of up to about 300 miles. The other advantage is that the fill time for hydrogen is between 10 and 20 minutes. Typical customers, a lot of customers will only need the full BEV solution, okay? However, for those covering longer and more interurban operation duty cycles, the hydrogen provides the ideal solution. No, absolutely. And if we go back and expand on the manufacturing side, um, why was Tilbury chosen? Uh, and if you wouldn't mind giving our listeners an overview of the new plant production processes, and I understand that there's quite a large scale recruitment project either um, going on currently or is planned in the very near future? Sure. Um, yeah, well, Teva, we started life um, when, as that startup in Chelmsford in, in Essex. We were looking to, to, obviously, we outgrew that facility. We were looking for somewhere uh, to, to create the headquarters. Um, the... Uh, the facility at Teva in, in, in Tilbury uh, became available. It's an ideal location through its, its size. Um, it's 10,000 square meters. There's a lot of space around the plant for creating things like uh, little test tracks for vehicles, etc. Um, and it's uh, yeah an ideal location in terms of transportation and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, what we're building is a low capital expenditure, agile production system. Uh, which is scalable and replicable uh, globally. 
Um, we've recruited our initial team of product coaches and, and some of the production team members already. Um, in actual fact, uh, as we speak today, we've got 254 people in total in, in the business. To put that in context, when I, when I started on the 1st of March last year, we had 57 people in total in the business. So, we, you know, in a very short space of time, we have grown significantly and, and, and that's all about, you know, getting that, that capability across all the departments in the business, uh, including production, to, uh, to, to scale up for, uh, for our, our plans. I have to say we have no robots in the facility. It's uh, the only thing we have is a few AG, AGVs to, to move vehicles from station to station. We have about 12 stations. It will be about one hour per station at full um, capacity that we're, uh, will be the tack time. We are keeping it simple. Um, we are using the appropriate technology and approaches for, for what we're trying to do and looking to, once we've set it up in, in Tilbury, looking to copy and paste to additional plants in the EU and North America as, as we grow and as it's needed. No, fantastic. Extraordinary growth. I didn't realise that you'd more than quadrupled the, uh, the size of your team in such a space, you know, short space of time. Looking more generally, you know, in your personal view or the uh, Tether's um, point of view, um, how important is it to manufacture in the UK and what are the advantages in, in doing so? Yeah, we're, we're proudly British and I'm personally delighted and excited along with the rest of the Teva team to be creating this success story here in Britain. Uh, the UK are, I think, well renowned as, as great innovators, but we can produce as well and learn from the best of the rest of the world in the way that, that they've set up their manufacturing and, and approaches, etc., but adapt it to what's appropriate for us and turn it, turn it into uh, you know, an efficient uh, production system. For Teva, having a localized supply base that reduces carbon emissions from logistics implications is important to remain true to our values. I have to say, we're not there yet, but we're working on it. It'll take us a while, but but that is absolutely our, our goal. And that will obviously require a lot of support from the manufacturing network in the UK. Um, manufacturing probably not seen right now as fashionable to the younger generation, I've got to say, in the UK. Um, probably seen more as like a, an industrial disease or something. <laughs> we, need to, we need to turn this around. Uh, and I think the clean and exciting technologies associated with well, fundamentally, saving mankind on this planet is a great opportunity to attract young men and women to industry instead of thinking about Love Island all the time. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly, Ken. And uh, final question for me. Um, as we all know, the UK manufacturing sector is currently facing a number of challenges, be it energy inflation, supply chain issues. Um, how is um, Tiva na navigating these challenges? Oh, welcome to my world. Um, we're, we're keeping a, a close eye on the macroeconomic climate um, and we'll adjust to it according to need. As a scale-up, which embraces innovation, we pride ourselves on flexibility. And that includes how to react to cost pressure from our supply chain. Um, I have to say, it's certainly not easy and probably not much easier or more difficult than others. Um, I, I would say as well, you know, you know you're having problems when eBay or Amazon 
are, are uh, put up there as on your supply um, supplier list uh, as sources for electrical components to maintain progress. <laughs> so we suffer uh, potentially more as well as a startup because you know it's relatively low volumes and nobody knows who we are. So so it uh, takes quite a lot of work to negotiate and influence and, and, and get people on, on the journey with us. Um, but this is where our agility comes into play. Um, we can move quickly. Um, when we do have blockers, we can, you know, think about alternatives and uh, can, you know, uh, implement them quickly. It's a real credit to the team at Teva on, in the amount of times that we've had to uh, uh, face these situations over the past 12 months in particular and come up with, with some unique solutions. Whilst all the factors of energy inflation and supply chain do affect us, um, rising of this for a second, these factors are all mixing to make the drive for our products, I would say, even more acute and desirable. I can see fuel costs, I can't see fuel costs, sorry, reducing to pre-March 22 levels, can you? They go up quickly, but never seem to come down to where they were before. So perhaps bizarrely, the current challenges will accelerate the drive to zero emission technology through more of an economic business case, as well as the human humanitarian benefits. Yeah, no, it's an interesting point. It is an interesting point. And just on your automotive sector in the whole, uh, are you seeing any opportunities and do you think there's any government help required? Yeah, of course. I mean, I talked earlier about attracting young people to engineering and, and manufacturing industry. And I, I think we've got to, to really highlight all the good stuff across all the automotive sector in the UK uh, and the support network of all the suppliers and sub-suppliers, et cetera, that have got these the sort of goals that, are, that, that we're, uh, I talked about earlier. Um, the drive to zero emission technology is a game changer for the industry. We need to get our act together. It's clean, it's green, it's humanity-saving technology. So why not be part of it? As for the government, they've done, a, I have to say, they've done a great job over the past 10 years or so in particular through Innovate UK, through the APC, etc. cetera. Um, but it doesn't stop there. For me, it's about continuing to find more ways of incentivizing this sector within the UK, uh, in particular to bring the latest technologies to market over the current environmentally unfriendly solutions. Um, and why not with a UK bias as well? There's a great opportunity for the government to incentivize our customers to adopt commercial vehicle EVs through their purchase price, through infrastructure grants. Um, incentivizing this in the right way could be a real game changer, not only in getting the manufacturing um, sector to, to accelerate and increase in the UK, but also the impact on everybody's environment uh, as a result of that. Yeah, no, an interesting point, interesting point. And if we look at the rest of this year and next year and beyond, I guess, what are, what are Diva's plans for, say, both short-term and long-term? Yeah, well, how long have you got? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I'll cut to the, the, the few bullet points that des describe their key priorities. Deliver the first products to customers of the 7.5-ton full battery electric vehicle this year and to start the ramp-up of production. Deliver the first hydrogen electric dual fuel products in Q2 of next year and ramp up production. And then deliver the further derivatives in current weight classes. I think 
fundamentally, during all of that, it's about taking our thematic goal of customer obsession to reality in our introduction of these products with customers. We need to continue to recruit from the 254 that we currently have. Um, it doesn't end there. I think we need to at least double that and probably even more by the time we add the additional manufacturing locations. We need to continue to attract investors and government grants in order to scale up to a more uh, profitable business. Um, we need to establish these European and North American uh, manufacturing plans. But on top of all of that, start work on our next generation of products that will replace the, the vehicles that we're about to introduce to the market. Because if we don't start now, we will, we, you know, we will be behind the game again. Um, and, and therefore, it's, it's very important. So all of this will set us up to be what I would describe as a contender. The, addition, the traditional OEMs will come to market with their zero emission uh, products in the coming years. If we create great products, a great, a great customer obsession and get ready with our next generation of products, then we will be a contender with the traditional OEMs. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. It's been a, it's been an education. It's been great to learn about your your fascinating career and uh, obviously about the company as well. So, yeah, thank you so much. And hopefully you'll join us again soon when some of these products hit the market. Sure. It's been uh, great talking with you. Stuart, what a great interview. I've learned so much about the business. Yeah, really informative, really enjoyable. I can't believe how quickly they've grown since Ken joined last March and uh, looking forward to showing, you know, sharing their progress on, on future podcasts. And, and Ken, he, he'd have some stories to tell, wouldn't he? What a career, good grief. But, um, but yeah, that, if, we, if, we, um, if we get on with the rest of this week's Positive UK news, um, there's good news for South Yorkshire, and, well, the steel sector in South Yorkshire in particular. Yes, Sheffield Ford Masters, they've submitted plans to build a new 144,000 square foot production facility at South Yorkshire site. And this will house a new 13,000 tonne forging press, which reportedly cost um, around £100 million. The new facility, um, which will be built on the site of an existing forge building, will also house a new offices and a water pumping station. And this latest development is part of a £400 million investment pledged by the MOD when it acquired the firm last July securing more than 600 jobs at the historic manufacturer. It's great, isn't it? Such a, such great great news that that's going to be here for, for the foreseeable future. Wonderful news. Uh, Sky Roller, the, they've opened a new, um, well, it's, it's the largest rocket manufacturing plant in the UK, isn't it? Yeah, breaking news. The Edinburgh-based space company, they've taken another stride towards achieving a sovereign orbital launch from British soil by opening a new manufacturing and production facility. And as you say, it's the largest of its kind in the UK. Um, this follows the, the recent opening of its engine test uh, facility in Midlothian. Um, this new facility in North Lanarkshire allows the company to concentrate its launch development practices in mm -hmm. custom-built domestic facilities. Production has already started, um, and um, I think there's two vehicles under construction at the moment, and this will increase to 16 per year once ma mass production begins. Uh, and finally, Red Bull have opened a new facility and plans to build a new car here in the UK. Yeah, very good news for uh, uh, for Milton Keynes. Um, Red Bull Advanced Technology is set to build a new hypercar in the UK. The Adrian Newey-designed RB17 will be built at the Red Bull Technology Campus in Milton Keynes, uh, creating more than 100 jobs. And the Austrian-owned manufacturer has also opened a new engine development and manufacturing plant, which is expected to create hundreds of new jobs. 
Great. Well, what a week. Great interview. Lots of great news, Stuart. Let's, uh, let's see what next week brings, eh? No, absolutely. We're gonna. It's going to be hard to beat, but I'm sure we'll give it our best go, Joe. Sure. So, as always, there's news we haven't had time to cover in this week's podcast, unfortunately. So, go to mtdmfg.com or look out for Jefferson underscore MFG or mtdmfg online. We're not hard to find. If you want to appear on the podcast, do let us know. Uh, we'll do our very best to fit you in. Um, big thank you to Ken Scott of Tiva Trucks, one of our better interviews, absolute great insight into the business. And Stuart, thank you to you. But as always, the biggest thank you goes for you at home. Take your time to listen to our podcast. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and a review. You can find us on Twitter using at MTDMFG and at Jefferson underscore MFG. Thank you.